Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Nami Inouye and welcome to our changing world from RNZ National. Robots have been developed for all kinds of uses. Search and rescue robots, helper robots to live with elderly people, medical operating robots, you name it. There's probably a robot that does it. But what these robots all have in common is that they tend to be hard and inflexible. Stephen Durvin at Massey University is much more interested in soft robotics. And Alison goes to meet him to find out why he's developing a swallowing robot. Traditional robots are made from metals and gears and all those kind of things. Soft robotics are things that are made from uh, silicon rubber, so they're quite stretchy and deformable. Things like elastic bands and all those kind of things. Pneumatic actuations are using air, as an example. And so there's a range of different and interesting research initiatives that have been done in this area. So what kind of things have people used soft robotics for? Um, so I guess the most well-known one is out of Harvard University. There's a little walking robot that can walk through fire and over ice and all those kind of things, which is quite interesting. Um, but over here in New Zealand, we're more interested in modelling organs of the human body um, and different ways that we can interact in the healthcare setting. And your organ of choice is the esophagus. It is. <laughs> um, so we've been looking at the esophagus for about four or five years now. Um, the idea is to model it in a biomimetic way in the engineering field. And then we can perhaps give this as an instrument to food technologists so that they can study swallowing in a similar way. The motivation for that is that people that um, are institutionalised elderly, people over 65, approximately 50% of them have some kind of difficulty with swallowing. And what we want to try and do is provide a tool to food technologists to understand what they can change about different uh, food formulation parameters to make it essentially easier for them to swallow and uh, maintain a better quality of life. So this is really so that you can test it on a robot who doesn't mind what it's fed as opposed to trying to test food products on elderly who are already suffering from swallowing problems. That's exactly the idea. With the robot we can feed it anything we like as many times as we like. Um, they don't suffer from things like fatigue, they're not going to end up with food down in their lungs. And so yeah, we can see uh, what happens inside the robot and try and transfer that later on into the clinical setting when we start to do correlations uh, with human studies. So to model the esophagus, what do you need to know about it? Um, so what we've done is the robot that we've developed is that um, of an adult male, I guess, uh, has a diameter of about 20 millimetres and a length of about 26 centimetres. And what we're trying to do is essentially measure the pressures of how hard is it to transport different foods, essentially from what would be from the mouth down to the stomach. So what's happening in the human body when I swallow something? Starting from the mouth, the tongue pushes the food back down into the pharynx. The pharynx is a, an area... Um, which basically is where the airway crosses down into the lungs. So it goes through the pharynx into the esophagus, which is the last section on the way down to the stomach. The process that happens there is peristalsis, and it's something similar to the way that you'd milk a cow, I guess. Um, it squeezes from the top and works its way down uh, with a wave travelling on the inside of the pipe. OK, so now that I understand how it works biologically, yeah. how do you translate that into a robot? Um, so what we've managed to achieve by developing the esophageal robot simulator, I guess, um, is to have a silicon rubber pipe 
um, which is the analogy uh, to the esophagus. And we have a range of air chambers around the outside which squeeze that tube and sequentially contract as it travels down um, in a similar way. This is what you've got on your desk? It is. Can we have a closer look? Sure. So what we have here is the, the swallowing robot itself. On the inside it's made entirely of silicon rubber and around the outside we've got uh, basically 3D printed shell which means that it can't expand outwards. Um, so basically when we inflate the different chambers inside with air it closes the tube on the inside and we can sequentially move that down in a wave-like manner. Yeah, and so we can actuate it uh, using this electrical method um, basically to get different pressures in different areas and it can transport in a, a continuous manner the same as it does in the body. And you pretty much feed food in at one end and it comes out at the bottom? Yeah, well typically in the body um, you feed from top to bottom so it goes in your mouth and ends up in your stomach. Um, you can swallow upside down though, so that's not a problem. In terms of using the robot, we typically actually swallow in the opposite direction, from bottom to top. The reason for that is that it's otherwise hard to portion off different boluses to study how they flow. So ignoring gravity, which is a pretty small effect, only water's going to travel ahead of the wave in the body, we can overcome that and, and look at how we transport more solid uh, food boluses. Right, so you can then play around with the liquidity or the solidness of what you're putting in? Yeah, so what we use is a, a product that's used for dysphagia management, which is the difficulty with swallowing um, inside people. And so what we do is we mix up different bolus formulations of different consistency or viscosity. They start off similar to a runny honey and go all the way up to a pudding thick or something that won't pour out of a cup. So we test all these different uh, formulations and look at basically what is the pressure signature that they get. Um, we measure that by manometry, which is something that's used in the clinical setting as well. Um, basically, they typically pass this catheter up through your nose and down your throat all the way into your stomach, so it's not that comfortable. Um, and they, of course, don't do that for healthy people, typically. But what we do is use exactly that same instrument here so that we can make some comparison between what the body and the robot can actually achieve. Basically, to look at how well does food travel inside the human body. By abonometry, you measure a range of different things. You measure the pressure inside the food as it's been uh, transported, and you also measure the pressure of the wave or the actual tissue touching on the catheter. Um, so you see a couple of different things in that swallowing signature. Inside the bolus, it's actually quite challenging because the pressures are very low, but then as the wave travels past, it can reach up to 100 millimetres mercury or so. How many experiments have you run through with this so far? Okay, so our most recent paper was based on 450 biomimetic swallows. Of course, we've done many, many more to make sure that the instrument works uh, in the way that it's intended to. And into the future as well, we actually need to experiment with different bolus formulations to make sure that um, it can be applied in the clinical setting as well. At the moment, we've basically just taken one bolus formulation um, and tried it at different um, formulation strengths. But yeah, in the future, we need to make it more meal-based in a way that food would actually be presented to people. So how long does it take for the food to pass through? Is it happening in real time in the same way that it would take a, an item of food to travel from my mouth down to my stomach? Yeah, so it happens in, uh, at a similar speed to that as inside the human body. Uh, it travels between 2 and 4 centimetres per second, so it does take a few seconds to go from the top to the bottom. So where did the idea for all of this start, and when did it start? Uh, it started about four or five years ago um, with a discussion with Professor Peter Shu, who is my supervisor for the PhD. 
Uh, so that's we, at the University of Auckland? At the University of Auckland, yeah. So we have a, a team going on there, Professor Peter Shu from the University of Auckland, um, we've got people from ABI, from Waitemata District Health Board, um, and at the moment we're trying to get people on board from plant and food research as well. Um, so I'm going to attend the Biomouth Symposium basically to get them on board and see if we can look at uh, funding into the future. What happens at a Biomouth Symposium? <laughs> okay, so people are interested in things around the, the mouth, the ears, nose and throat. And so what we're looking at is how can robotics uh, aid in that area. So there's people with chewing robots, swallowing robots. There's people from different backgrounds such as speech and language pathology. And so people from a range of different backgrounds come together to discuss the research that they're doing in that area. Now you mentioned a chewing robot there. So you can, in a sense, have an entire range of robots that replicate all the different bits of our digestive system. Yeah, so I'm working with Professor John Bronlin, also from Massey University. Um, the idea being that we want to create boluses that would be suitable to put into the swallowing robot. And I guess we can have a robotically inspired digestive system um, starting all the way from the chewing process. Did you get an AMP scholarship? Yeah, so the AMP scholarship has helped to propel um, the research initiative. Um, so what we have happening at the moment in the soft robotic space is we're looking at different manufacturing technology. I've got students working on uh, different techniques to achieve the motion that we require. Um, and also looking at moulding, so how can we refine our manufacturing process to make it easier um, to basically get this thing towards the market. That was Stephen Durvin from the School of Engineering and Advanced Technology at Massey University. Thanks for listening to this Our Changing World podcast. Check out our webpage for photos and web features, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Kia ora mai. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.